I mean, so the courage to be vulnerable, I, I think about athletics and it's not a nine to five. We're not punching the clock in the morning and going home and leaving it all at the door, right? We're asking people to navigate things together, to share you know, the hardest moments, the greatest moments, to physically put yourself out there, all of these things. So I think emotionally, if you're not willing to show up as your whole self, to be vulnerable at times, particularly as a coach, you're just never gonna reach um, the level of achievement uh, that you need to. Welcome to Through the Tunnel, a Game Change Productions podcast that dives into sports and the life lessons that can be learned from them. The podcast is inspired by the book of the same name, written by Game Change co-founders Paul McDonald and yours truly, Jack Barrich. On the show today, Paul and I are joined by USC women's basketball coach, Lindsey Gottlieb. Coach Gottlieb was the first woman NCAA coach who coached in the NBA. We discussed with coach how without courage and vulnerability, athletes, and really all of us, can never reach our full potential. We hope you enjoy the show, and please check us out at GameChangeNation.com or on one of our social media pages. So coach, you were the first NC2A women's basketball head coach to get hired in the NBA by the Cavaliers when it happened in 2019. Was that a little scary for you? Oh, absolutely. I was scared as heck. I mean, it just, that was part of my process of figuring out, should I do it? Should I not? What are my emotions? I will say when I was an assistant at the University of Richmond and my boss and mentor at the time, Joanne Boyle, took the job at Cal, became the head coach Mm -hmm. at Cal. Right. Um, That was a moment and I was 20, gosh, I was probably 26 at the time. I was really scared then. I remember thinking, um, you know, there were a bunch of All-Americans at Cal that was coming into coach. Are they gonna listen to me? I played in the Ivy League. I've never been to California um, in, in a professional capacity. I don't know any of the club coaches. Am I gonna be good at, at recruiting all those things? I was really scared. Um, and I did it and it ended up being the best professional experience of my career. Um, and also personal experience, met my husband, all those things. So I called upon that kind of feeling, even though it was years later and different when the NBA came calling. Um, and I went through a range of emotions. You know, what if they don't listen to me? What if I'm not good at this? Um, I'd, I'd been a head coach in college for 11 years, and now I was going to go be an assistant and out of my comfort zone. So that that ability to allow myself to feel what I was feeling and then decide I wanted to do it anyway was actually quite empowering. You know, as a coach, I think with young people, they have a really hard time with allowing themselves to be vulnerable sometimes. For sure. How do you, how do you bring that out in your, in, in your young ladies that you're coaching to kind of teach them that it's okay to be vulnerable? I think you model it. Um, a couple things. Um, you know, we play a game and then I break down the film and I teach them with it the next day. I, I want that to be a really positive experience. Like it's not always easy to be critical. Like I, I tell them we're more critical as coaches than anyone in your life. You know, maybe yeah. your professor marks up a paper and gives you a B, but we're ones are really saying, hey, you ran hardier, but you can run harder. Or, you know, you made this play, but this was also open. So you have to create a relationship in, w- in which it's safe to like be striving to be better. And so sometimes when I break down the film, I'm more than willing to say to them, guys, I'm watching the film, I messed this up. I should have emphasized this more, right. or I should have done done that. So in that sense, like I'm always willing to, you know, let them know that I'm, you know, judging myself or I'm putting myself on the same standard that I'm holding them to as well. That's number one. Number two, we're all humans together, and yes, I'm the leader, um, and yes, I'm supposed to be strong and all that. But if I can't show the human side of when, you know, something impacts me in a certain way, I don't think I allow them to be 
um, as open either. So I, I just try to model it the best I can um, in terms of, you know, that showing that vulnerability doesn't make you weaker. It actually, I think, makes you more, more complete and able to do what you're doing. It's all tied to this failure thing, right? And the fear of that. We yep. don't want to have that. We sure. don't want to be pointed out publicly. Yep. I, I just remember being in the film room where they go back and then let's, oh, yeah, oh, your footwork was wrong. Back again. Yeah. yeah, see when you do, back again and again. It's, it's yep. like you spent an hour on that totally. one play. Yeah. I mean, I've had players literally tell me it's traumatizing with the coach on that, that sound of like the click, rewind, click, rewind. So I'm conscious of not having any teaching moment be, you know, punitive in that way or negative, but, um, but making them understand that if, there's, if you have a growth mindset, there's going to be all kinds of emotions. And then just in terms of the vulnerability, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 when I speak and stuff to like, as particularly to women, like I tell them, lean into your fears, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to do hard things sometimes um, and, and, and understand that that's where growth happens. And particularly with the NBA, um, you know, I remember uh, prior to taking the Cavs job, I had an opportunity to go work with a different NBA team in a free agent camp. And I said, well, let me do this because, like, let me see, do I like working with guys and how do I feel about it? And uh, I remember in, like, the first three or four minutes, when, like, when I stepped onto the court and these guys are warming up, like, that first three minutes I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, this isn't for me. Like, I'm, I was nervous the way I hadn't been since... You know, I was 14 years old going to camp, and there's a tryout, right? Right. Because now I'm at the point in my career where things get me going, but I'm not necessarily nervous. And then the camp got going, and I leaned into it a little bit, and I got to write on the board and coach guys, and it was basketball. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, you know, this is what I love doing. But if I hadn't got past that initial fear of this feels a little different, I never would have done it. And, And that kind of experience feeling good or good enough allowed me to, you know, take the Cavs job, which again was just an incredible life experience and one that I'll, you know, be grateful for forever and and, and has led to relationships that I think will continue to impact my life. So um, I think uh, the, 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 the vulnerability piece of it to allow yourself to be vulnerable actually lets you go further than if you just shut it off at that point. You know, in, in sports, you have a winner and a loser. So yep. there's a lot of failures. Yep. How do you, how do you, or you take a shot, you make it or you miss it. Yep. It's all binary, right? Sure. How do you, how do you teach your kids to not be afraid to fail? Because right. the, it, there is that moment where, especially sure. if you're on a, in a slump, you've missed a bunch of shots in a row. Yeah. How do you keep shooting? Yeah. Like, how, how do you, what do you, what yeah. do you do for, you know, to help I think them it's really that? an interesting point because I've had some teams where you need to really explain to them, there's a winner and a loser. And like, we have to figure out a way to be the winner. Like nobody remembers the loser. Nobody really cares why you lost. Like, so there's sometimes it's building that competitiveness where you're trying to get them to really understand like everyone wants to win, only one comes out on top. Then there's the other piece to it, which you're talking about, I think, which is not being sort of paralyzed by that or not having that be the only measuring stick. And I think that's where your process comes in. We're a team 365 days a year. We're not together, but a lot of them we are. And there's only 35 games or what have you. So the ability to teach them how to kind of like win each day, I know that's a little bit of a cliche, but you know, do the process that allows you to win is can be really helpful. For example, I mean, now the Cavs are, gosh, having a tremendous amount of success. And any of those of us who kind of associate, like can't wait for this year because everything could be incredible but when I was there it was part of the rebuild and there are 82 games and we sort of knew we weren't going to win most of them and we were so committed to the process of developing those young players 
and finding measurements that were not just about the outcome. And obviously in the NBA, you have these incredible amount of resources, right? The analytics and the time you have with guys in the development. But I've carried a lot of that over because ultimately the goal is to win, right? Eventually the Cavs were gonna win and winning's a priority, but to kind of be a part of all of that process has also helped me here to say, look, we have 35 games and we wanna win dang near all of them. But if I can be really good at all the other pieces and getting our players to embrace all the other pieces, it's gonna lead to a lot more winning, but it's also gonna lead to a mindset where you're not only focused on the outcome. Right. Well, that's where the trust comes in, you know, yep. with your players yep. and believing what you're, feeding them uh, as part of the process that will lead them to the promised land. Absolutely. Right, that's that's a huge uh, a huge piece of it. Absolutely, and, and I don't wanna forget like the joy in that, right? Like yeah. if you're not, the grind and the process can be hard. There's a lot of work in it. You're not supposed to love every little piece of it, but overall you wanna feel an enjoyment in what you're doing so that the hurts of the losses really hurt, but they hurt in a way that you feel like you're part of something really important and you wanna get back to doing it again so you get that next opportunity to, to, to reach the top, um, which is what drives us all. Well, I know you're at a major program here at USC, but is there too much emphasis? Just take sports in general. Is there too much emphasis on winning? Because the lessons that we learn through sports, and we, yeah. you've touched on many of them, yeah. are those things that will carry us forward in life. Sure. And there's a finite time you're going to be playing the game. Right. Um, but I, tr hey, trust me, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. I mean, it's way more fun to win than yeah, lose. Yeah. But you know, is there right. too much emphasis on that? I think it depends on the level you're at, right? So again, I'll talk about the NBA, college, and then like youth, for example. So I think the Cavs are a great example, right? In the in the post-LeBron era rebuild, I thought the ownership and the management did an incredible job in saying we're going to continue to invest even when we know we're probably not going to win at the highest level, right? They understood that you still have to put money and resources in when you have a young Darius Garland, a young Jarrett Allen, even if you're not going to get back the playoff revenue yet, to get them to where now they are there, right? I thought that that's like really forward thinking in a lot of ways. And so, yes, I think their emphasis in those couple years was not just on you know, winning 60 games and being a playoff team, but it was investing in the process ultimately for the goal of winning, right? Similarly, and at some point you gotta win, right? Then you, then you pay the yeah. guys, then you're in luxury tax, and it's a money-making business, it's a business, and right. they have to win. It's true. College, I would say the same thing. We're really in the business of developing human beings, um, giving them opportunities. And that's what, you love that part I, of it. I do love that part of it. Um, but you have way more ability to do all that at a high level when you're good, yeah, right? Like that's true. when we go to a Final Four at Cal and we're going to seven at eight tournaments, like everyone wants to hear me speak and everyone wants to know what we're doing and everyone wants a piece of our players. Like we all have more opportunities. Like no one cares if you're not winning, right? And ultimately, like I am hired here to create a championship program. Like I want, I'm going to get great people. We are going to care about them. We're going to help them get jobs. We're going to help them graduate. But that's not enough. Like we need to do that and win because it's college basketball and there's there's stuff on the line. There's championships on the line, right? So there's always, I don't think you can win enough if you're not investing in the other areas of it. Um, but let's make no mistake that the high college level and pros winning matters. Now you go to youth and particularly like high school, high, high school, school, yes, younger, yeah. like there you have to really make the distinction that probably no one's job is on the line based on winning and losing, 
Um, to some degree, futures are more on the line in how people are treated than anything else. So the number of girls, for example, who drop out of sports when they hit 11 and 12 is astronomical and has life-changing impacts, right? Like they're more likely to have unwanted pregnancies or be in abusive relationships if they, if they drop out of sports. They're more likely to be CEOs of companies and be successful if they stay in sports. Mm. And I imagine- Is that you know, statistical? Yes, oh, for sure. And, and I imagine there's similar benefits for boys. Just participation has so many. So I think you gotta, it's a slippery slope. In youth sports, if you're only focused on the winning and it's miserable and kids drop out, now they're losing all these really good things. So I think we have to understand when their youth, Doing it right and handling it correctly may lead, you know, someone, you know, there may be a Ram Marshall in the group, you know, who comes to play at USC. There may be a, you know, whoever that goes to be a pro, but the majority of them just need the benefits of playing. And we got to be really careful there that doing it right, and it doesn't mean that there's no emphasis on success or high level, but it can't be at the expense of the experience and, and then kids not wanting to do it. And I would say that's the same in college and the pros, but there is really a premium on winning, and understandably so, and it has to um, you know, reflect that. You know, you mentioned earlier the process. So to get to the winning, if you make it about the process, the winning becomes a natural. So do you, when For you're sure. talking to your players, do you talk about winning, or do you talk about the process more? I'll give you a great story that I love, is when Alabama was in a national championship game a few years ago, mm -hmm. there was a couple players on the field who almost got in a fight on the Alabama side, and it was, when the game was already over. They were right. up by like three, four, five touchdowns. Right. And so it did not matter. That play did not yes. matter. But they were so involved in the process that yes. even with three minutes to go in a game that they were gonna win, sure. they almost went to fisticuffs because yeah. they were so fired up about the process. Totally. Do you so how do yeah. you how do you and, how do you kind of differentiate the two when you're coaching your yeah, team? Yeah, and similarly, I mean, we all love USC football and we're all on team Lincoln Riley here. He made a point the other day in the Fresno State game, or sorry, the yeah, Fresno State game, that they were not gonna lose. Right, that his favorite sequence was that like goal line stand at the end. That's true. Right, mm -hmm. that probably didn't determine the game, but whatever his long-term goals are, getting the defense at a certain level or building that winning mentality, like that mm -hmm. was really important to him, uh, even though it probably wasn't going to determine the outcome. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think players understand that the ultimate goal is winning. But like I said, we only have thirty-something games. It's a Thursday in September today. I have to find a way to get my players really motivated to be really great in our one hour workout today. So I can't really talk about, I mean, maybe I'll throw out a name of a Pac-12 team and are we gonna be ready? But more so it's about creating a culture and a, an environment in which they care to have their closeout be a little bit better than yesterday, where they right. care to have you know, the spacing be. And so yes, you have to create this like, you know, almost maniacal like desire to get better every day. Right. And then there's times where it becomes about winning. Like, right. The scouting report, exactly what we're doing, you know, plays that impact winning. But if that's the only thing you're talking about, I don't think you're going to get better on, on a you know, micro basis every single day. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Through the Tunnel. If you like the show, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review it. It'll really help others who love sports and the lessons they provide to find the show and together create Game Change Nation, a community that is dedicated to lifting each other up. Also, we'd love to hear your stories, so please visit GameChangeNation.com or any of our social media pages to give us your take on sports and life. And finally, check out our book, Through the Tunnel, which is now available on Amazon. Thanks again for listening and have an awesome day.